0: Welcome to Ride Every Stride, episode 50.
1: Welcome to Ride Every Stride with Van Hargis, a podcast about horsemanship and more. Our goal is to educate, motivate, inspire, and entertain you through an exploration of everything horsemanship – and the intersection of horsemanship and humanship. My name is Laura McClellan, and I'm your co-host on Ride Every Stride, and I'm here today with Master Horseman Van Hargis. How's it going, Van?
0: Man, it's going wonderful, Laura. I'm so excited. You know, we already this morning we've been out riding horses, and uh, it kind of felt good when I said, Hey, guys, that was a great, productive morning. Let's take a break because I'm going to run to the studio and see if we can't get some stuff recorded. So it's already been a great day.
1: Well, good. And so how are we going to continue that great day? What are we talking about today?
0: Well, almost every day, Laura, I'm reminded of a story. And I say almost every day because, you know, in horse training, we're always told to go as slow as we need to go, but at the same time, go as fast as the horse can go. And so there's always those things. And and I tend to want to always see how good my horses can be. So I'm always pushing. But when I find myself pushing a little bit too much and trying to get too much done, I'm reminded of a story of several years ago, way back in the late 90s and the early 2000s. Ranch horse versatility, which is my event of choice, had just come into the scene and was starting to get it kind of popular thanks to some organizations such as the Stock Horse of Texas, the National Foundation Quarter Horse Association, and the Foundation Quarter Horse Registry. All of those started a versatility class, and that versatility class was where you competed in in Western style events. But you had to compete on one horse in multiple events. Well, that was right up my alley because when I was growing up, we had a lot of horses on the place, but I didn't own very many horses. Most of the horses there on our place belonged to clients and customers of my stepfather. And I only had just a few that I could play with and work with, and even fewer still that were good enough that I could go and show and compete on. So I didn't have a a lot of horses to kind of throw at the game, so to speak, like a lot of young folks did. I just had to get everything done with just one horse in most cases. So I had to learn to be a better horseman. It taught me to learn a lot of skills myself. And it also taught me to teach what I wanted to my horses. So when Ranch Horse Versatility came about, it was just perfect for me. It was just ideal. It gave me an opportunity to showcase my personal skills and at the same time really create a diversity with my horses. And luckily I had a lot of success with it. Sometimes it was because I had some really good client horses in the barn that I was training and and they really liked the the event. And then other times it was just because I was so determined that I would just put in a tremendous amount of, of work toward it. Well, luckily again, Laura had such good success with it that literally it seemed like every show we went to, I would oftentimes win first, second, and third with the three horses that I was hauling. And that consistency began to get the attention of some of the publications. For example, Horse and Rider did an article on me, and Western Horseman did an uh, an article on me. Today's Horse up in North and South Dakota uh, did an article on me, and Performance Horse magazine. So there were several different magazines that started trying to figure out, what the heck is this guy doing that's dominating this event? Why is he doing so well? Well, meanwhile, back at home, one of the guys that I had started riding horses for when I was younger was kind of noticing this. And he had called from time to time and he would come over and visit the horse training facility from time to time. Well, one day he came over and he said, well, Van, I've been reading about you and it sure seems like you've been doing good. I saw you at such and such. And he He started telling me about all these things that I had done and all these things that I would achieved. And, and of course, like the typical young horseman that I was at the time, my head began to swell. My hat began to get a little bit too tight and my my chest began to puff out a little bit, and I'm thinking, yeah i am doing pretty darn good, aren't i and And then, uh, he finally said, Well, you know, Van, you remember that mare that you rode for me a few years ago well i've I've bred her, and she's had a couple of babies. Well, this last baby she's got is just an outstanding little stud colt, and I want you to I want you to show him for me, van. I want you to train him and show him for me well, Mr. Johnson, I'd just be honored, well, thank you, sir, for thinking about it and i said i'd I'd be tickled to death to get to ride him. He said, Well, I want you to ride him in that new stuff that you've been doing that that ranch horse versatility stuff, I think that I think this horse would do really good at that, And besides you've been winning all this stuff, I just I want you to do that." And I said, "Yes, sir, boy, I'd be tickled to death to do that. Part of my reason for liking to train those horses for clients in those is that it guaranteed that I was going to have those horses in training for a long time, Laura, because it, it took a long time to get those horses really talented in each one of the different events. So it wasn't going to be one of those deals where a client was going to drop a horse off one month and come get him the next month. So for me, that meant a long-term income. So I was really excited about to have another opportunity from him to be able to keep his horse in the barn for quite some time. Well, during the midst of him doing all that bragging and during the midst of me getting a little bit egotistical and, and kind of thinking a lot of myself because of the things he was saying, I paused for a moment. He says, well, man, if... If I brought that horse to you, you reckon as good as you're doing these other horses, you reckon you could get just 1% improvement a day on that old stud colt? Well, heck yeah, I could, he said. I I said to him, I said, there's no doubt in my mind. I could. Yes, sir. 1% improvement? Yes, sir. I could do that for you. He says, well, the first show I want you to go compete on him in is I want you to take him to that Fort Worth show. I hear it's a pretty good one and, and that'll be a good experience for him. It's not too far from home. So you reckon you could take him to that show? I says, well, yes, sir. I could, I could take him to Fort Worth. He said, well, I think what I'll do is I'll wait until about a hundred days before the show, and I'm going to bring him to you. Oh, wait, 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 wait a minute, Mr. Johnson. A hundred days before the show, and you want me to show him at the Fort Worth show? I said, yes, sir. And I said, well, that, I, I'm going to need a lot more time than that. Well, you just got through telling me, Van, that you could get one percent improvement a day. So I figure by Fort Worth, you ought to be perfect if I gave you a hundred days to to get it done. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that was a realization for me. I mean, I just paused, my jaw dropped. I didn't know whether to laugh or to cry, <laughs> <laughs> but it really, but it really made me think for a moment that he really set me up all that time, you know, bragging about me a little bit. He knew I'd get to agreeing with him and, and these, you know, at 1% improvement a day sounded achievable to me, especially somebody as good as I was, I thought, right? I mean, think a hundred, I mean, 1% a day, that's that's a, that's a piece of cake for a, a horse trainer. But when he said it the way I'll just wait until 100 days before the show, then suddenly it made me stop and think that, wow, if a person could get 1% improvement a day on themselves or on their horses or whatever, then in 100 days, we would be perfect. Our horses would be perfect. So that really got me thinking about how slow the process improvement is. And it really made me realize then to quit thinking about the clock so much. Quit thinking about the time limits that we as humans put on ourselves so much. Stop putting that sort of pressure on us and think a little bit more about the journey. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, I still think it's great to have goals, and I think it's great to have timelines behind those goals, because when we have those goals and we have timelines behind them, it kind of creates a sense of urgency for us to work harder to make those improvements. But the reality, sometimes the improvement itself happen so slow that we can't even see the change. And to me, when things change that slowly for ourselves as well as for our horses, those changes are much more real because they happen in such a way that they happen slowly and it allows us to build on that change. And it allows us, as that, as that new change begins to settle and that foundation forms better, it allows for us to add more to it. And to find out how strong that foundation is. And then we can see another change and another improvement. And that just keeps building. And before you know it, we've achieved the things that we didn't think that we could achieve. But the reality is, in order to get to where we're going, oftentimes those changes are happening so incredibly slowly. And especially when it comes to life changes especially when it comes to creating something like a champion of a horse. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens in all due time. So that to me, that day when Mr. Johnson visited the ranch and and shared that with me, I mean, it was a fun time. He had a good time pulling my leg, and, and I fell for it hook, line, and sinker. But when he walked away that day, I not only had another client, he was bringing his horse back to me, but I learned one heck of a great lesson on that day thanks to his wit and his humor, but I really appreciated that lesson.
1: How have you applied that in your you know your training program with your horses? I mean, we could certainly talk about how you apply it in life but but starting with how do you apply that in your training program with horses when people bring their horses to you and they I've heard you talk about that sometimes people want to bring a horse to you just for you know thirty days or something to get it started. I'm using air quotes, there. sure. I mean, how do, you, how do you respond to that? How does this, this lesson that you learned apply in that situation?
0: Well, in my mind, I have an idea of, just because of my experience and my skill level, I have an idea what I can get done with almost any horse uh, in, in, a, in a given situation. For example, if they tell me I've got a month or two months or three months to try to get this horse to a certain level, I have in my mind about where I can get that horse within that time. But I don't allow someone with little or no experience share too much with me about what their expectations are. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't mind them having expectations, but I'm pretty quick to let them know that that expectation is either achievable or it's unrealistic. So I I have in my mind, in other words, just like we said a little while ago, it's okay to set goals. So I'll set a goal for myself, but I also don't expect perfection. Perfection, in other words, 100% is unachievable really isn't it when it comes to being the best person we can possibly be or be the best or produce the best horse we can possibly be perfection is a journey that is never ending we can't quite get there but you've oftentimes heard me say and i say to every clinic when i ask somebody to do something in fact you yelled at me one time when i said laura that was perfect and you quite frankly told around to me i wish you'd quit telling me that that's not perfect And I don't know if you remember my response, but I said, well, it is for now. Yeah. But because you achieve that goal now, we know now that that can be done better or it can be done differently or it can be done more efficiently. So we're uh, still striving for that perfection. So now I began to set different and more realistic goals. I began to set a goal of where I'd like to see that horse be in whatever allotted time that the consumer may give to me. And I start working toward that. If I get there, I think, wow, we, we, we achieved our job. But man, the horse is, to use the term you just said a little while ago, but the horse has just started. Now we know, here's another word I hate, but now we know his true potential. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the word potential because it just implies we haven't done anything yet. We haven't gotten there yet. And the reality is we don't ever quite get there yet. But I do set realistic goals for myself. And then I try to remember different things that were shared to me from other trainers. One of my other heroes used to say to me all the time, Van, the minute you start working with a horse, be looking for a place to quit. In other words, he was always wanting me to be aware of making sure that whatever we taught the horse that day, when that horse really gets good and gets efficient at doing whatever that thing that we were going to try to teach him that day was, then quit stop for the day. Let that one step be enough. Because oftentimes we try to go too far and we go too far and then suddenly we lost the confidence in that horse that we that we worked so hard to build. Mm-hmm. And not only did the lesson that we were trying to get achieved, we actually went backwards. But you know, here's the reality too though, Laura, that's not a bad thing either. Because that's part of learning experiences. Learning how far you can push yourself and how far you can push your your horse. And part of that is learning. And sometimes we're going to make that mistake of going too hard and pushing the horse too far. And then realizing from that mistake that, wow, that cost me several days of confidence building that I'm going to have to go back and do. So whenever I'm trying to think of applying that 1% improvement a day, I begin to think, well, I'm going to make that 1% improvement, not toward perfection, but just, can I just get 1% improvement? by itself. And if I can get that improvement and it's visible to me and the horse and we're both happy at the end of that lesson or that session, then I've got to pat myself on the back and give the horse a good old rub and pat down too, and just be satisfied with that progress on that day.
1: You see, to me, that's that's as, as important a part of that lesson as I was you know, looking or thinking about what you were saying and the the 1% improvement. For some of us, we have a goal in mind, a destination in mind, or a, a, you know, maybe not the final destination, but then, you know, the next thing we want to achieve and, and we want to get from here to there overnight. And so being happy, not, not just satisfied with, but happy with just 1% improvement, that's hard for some of us. We, we're overachievers. We're, you know, we really want to get to the point to where we can, you know, compete on our horse or do whatever it is we want to do that, that the horse or either the horse is not yet ready for, or we as a, as a rider are not yet ready for. And we get frustrated because we don't feel like we're getting there quickly enough. And so, you know, I'm listening to you talk and thinking, okay, can we learn to celebrate that 1% improvement? Because you're still farther Along the journey than you were when you started. Yes, it's a a small amount, but you can get a long way going just you know one percent a day. But learning to be okay with that and to be happy about that, um, I think is a is a lesson a lot of us can learn not just in the arena but you know in life in general.
0: You bet. I think it teaches us patience. Mm -hmm. You know, and and patience is one of those things, especially for competitors like myself who want to work hard and get something achieved and and you know, win that buckle, win that trophy, win that prize money. In other words, whatever it is that I'm going for, it's hard sometimes to be patient. You want to try to get everything done in one workout or win everything done in one session. In reality, we have to be disciplined enough to make those little small steps of improvement. And and like you said, be happy with that and accept that. But my deal is, I'm not going to be satisfied with it though, cause right. I'm, because you know I'm thinking like I tell you all the time, you know that was okay, it was perfect for now, but now yeah. we can do it better, and we and but that's what truly makes I think someone that that's what gives them that drive to get better is that not being satisfied. I want to be satisfied at the end, if that makes sense. I want to be able to look back and go, wow, that was that was a good journey. Mm-hmm. But during the process of the journey, I want to be happy along the way with, with the steps that were taken to get there. And, uh, and I think that's oftentimes hard. And there's another little quote that I throw out there sometimes too, you know, when I'm thinking about the process, and I think it's good to set that goal ahead of us. And whenever I think about setting goals, and then I hear somebody in the same token say, be patient. Then it, that to me is almost sounds like a conflict of interest. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like they conflict each other, but they really don't. But it reminds me of a quote that I heard several years ago that, that I really love and I, I share it with people all the time, but it's, it goes like this. It's, everything comes to he who waits. Now, honestly, we've all heard that or we've heard something very similar to that our entire lives, you know, everything comes to he who waits. But I always put a dot, dot, dot at the end of that. <laughs> So it's everything comes to he who waits, dot, 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 so long as he who waits works like heck while he waits. And I think that is truly the key of so many things. You know, it's oftentimes it's easy for us, especially in my world of horsemanship, to look back at another trainer or to look at even a student sometimes. And I hear people say, you know, wow, look what he got. He must have really paid his dues. You know, he won the championship or whatever the case may be. And uh, and then you'll hear somebody say, well, you know, he just waited out his time and the and the, the timing was right. In other words, it sounds like it was all about him just waiting to be patient. <laughs> but what they didn't see was while he was waiting for that moment, he was putting in days and nights of exercise and studying his own videos and, and watching and preparing. In other words, doing everything that he could do or she could do to make the improvements that it took along the way to be successful at that moment.
1: Yeah. That situation of where opportunity meets preparation. Yes. You know, that, that, because I'm, I love that saying that, you you know, the quote you were talking about, because if you leave off the dot, dot, dot part of it, it seems like that, you know, well, in the horsemanship world, I will become a better rider and my horse will become a, a better trained horse if I just wait long enough. Right. So I can yeah. sit in the house and watch TV and eventually my ho- I'm going to be a really good rider, I, especially if I'm watching like really good videos, DVDs <laughs> by <laughs> trainers. That's all it takes. But it's not. I, I always joke, I, my oldest daughter her dream in life is to sing she's a beautiful singing voice and her dream in life is to sing on the soundtrack for a Disney movie. And uh, you know, you could say, well everything comes to She Who Waits. She has you know it's she's never done a single thing to make that happen. And I've jokingly said to her more than once I know you want to do that and you have the right kind of voice for it, but I can pretty much guarantee you that the folks from Disney are not going to some one day appear at your front door and knock on the door and say, "We want you to come and sing on the soundtrack for our next big blockbuster." Doesn't happen that
0: way. Right.
1: You got to you got to do the stuff.
0: And you know and, and here's what I, I I even have to tell myself this. And that's you have to take a step because oftentimes I will tell myself, "Well, I don't know how to do that." I don't even know where to start. And I've heard so many successful people, you included, tell me, well, just start. You've got to take a step. And what if you take a step? I mean, this is what I tell people all the time in my clinics is, well, what if you take a step the wrong direction? So what? You know now that it's wrong. So don't take that step again. Take another one. And your choices are infinite. But you can also watch from the experience of others. Or you can also look back and reflect on your previous experience, and you can probably eliminate a lot of steps that don't work. Yeah, which narrows down your journey of going forward, and you're taking a step, but you've got to work hard to take a step, and then another, and another.
1: And it's way easier to steer a moving ship than one that's sitting at the dock.
0: Absolutely, and which I mean that goes back to my ABCs of my horsemanship: forward yeah. movement. You know, you've got to get that first. Go somewhere. Yes. Go somewhere. And then now (laughs) that you're going, yeah. Now that you're going, you can figure out which direction. Oh, I didn't want to go that way. Well, good. Now that you know that you don't want to go that way, go that way. And, but you got to go, right? You got to get, you got to get your feet moving. You got to get, got to get things happening. You know, it's very interesting that Mr. Johnson shared that with me so many years ago that, you know, I'll just wait until 100 days before the show and and I'll bring him (laughs) to you. Well, that's not enough time. Well, you said you get one improvement, 1% improvement a day in 100 days. That sucker ought to be perfect. Oh, yeah, but what? wait, it doesn't doesn't work that way.
1: (laughs) It doesn't work exactly like that. It doesn't doesn't really work
0: that way. (laughs) But it's great to have that goal. And then you take that goal and then you apply it to think, you know what? Everything will come. Well, everything in this case was going to the Fort Worth Livestock Show and winning the ranch Horse versatility thing on that horse. I mean, that was our everything from Mr. Johnson's perspective. That was it. So everything would come if we were patient enough and we waited. But the reality and. was, and that's right. But the reality was we had to work like heck, you know, during that time that was allotted to us to get the horse ready. And I'll go back and reflect to just for those that are going to ask later. Yes, he did bring me the horse and I had a lot longer than a hundred days to get him ready for the Fort Worth show. <laughs> um, I and, was and,
1: I was just gonna ask. So <laughs> did you go to the Fort Worth show? I mean
0: We we did. We did quite well. We didn't win it, but golly, we, we did really well. It was really it was really good experience and he was very happy with his horse. He and his wife left their heart. I thought that was before we had everybody and their brother had cell phones that took snappy pictures. So they had the regular camera that they just took, I think they took like three rolls of film. And for kids that don't know what that is, ask your moms and dads. But uh <laughs> Laura, I tell you the other day I felt really old. We were we were I was telling a story at one of the horse expos and I made a reference to a chalkboard and I happened to look there were a lot of four H kids in <laughs> in the audience. And I looked at the 4-H kids, and they they just kind of looked at me like they didn't have a clue what I was saying, and yet I'm seeing their parents sit beside them kind of grinning and nodding their head like, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I realized that over half the people in the audience had no idea what a chalkboard is.
1: It's like an iPad, but without the internet, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> I'm like, and I was really trying to figure out how do you, how do you describe that? I mean, I was even trying to think of how I'm going to describe a piece of chalk yeah. to these kids. I didn't know if they even knew what a piece of chalk was. And I'm thinking, Oh, never mind. Just ask your mom and dad. <sighs> but,
1: I guess we're getting old
0: times. They are changing. <laughs> so, well, so that means we got to work hard because the time's going to catch up with us if we don't get something done. Right. But while we're talking about that 1% process, this is is what happens sometimes when people watch like a cult starting demonstration. And they see me start a cult, especially if we do one at a horse expo. And I start a cult, and and usually in the very first session, I take the horse from just being halter trained to being ridden the very first time. And people see that and think, oh, my gosh, if he can do that much in an hour, just think what this horse is going to be like in 30 days. So I very quickly put out a disclaimer and said, look, if this horse was at home, I would probably be doing this a lot slower. We're, we're showing you all the steps that I typically take, although I will I'll put a disclaimer behind that, too, and say that every horse is different. So what I do with a horse there at the expo might be totally different what I do with a horse tomorrow at the expo. Or what I would do with another horse at home on another day or whatever the situation. I mean, every horse is different. Every situation is different. There's no set cue or no set method that we use with every horse. Every great horseman will tell you that, that there is not a checklist of things that we do with our horses. We, We just go through a process. But either way, whenever we do that, I tell everybody this process has been abbreviated For the sake of this exposition and for the sake of the education, if I were at home, I might do everything that you've just seen me do a lot longer and a lot slower so that I can be extremely confident that the horse understood every aspect and every step that we did take. So when people see that though, or even sometimes when they bring me a horse for a month and they think, oh my goodness, if you can do this in a month, how awesome is this horse going to be in a year? Well, it's almost like teaching a kid the ABCs. Once they learn the ABCs, that's a fairly easy process for a lot of kids. But the process after that oftentimes gets much slower. So we have to realize that some things that we do, those changes and those, those percentages are huge. But yet there's others that we, that we change that are very slow and almost invisible to see and, and undetectable. They're still taking place, but they may not necessarily be as measurable as those big moments, such as, I mean, isn't that why we call life changes sometimes milestones? Mm -hmm. You know, like that first day of school, that's a milestone. What happened between then and the next 12 years? You don't really, I mean, there's moments in there that you remember, but there's 12 years there of just little bitty moments, and then there's another big milestone, and it kind of measures that. So in other words, sometimes those processes that took place between those 12 years, you can't really look back and recall a whole heck of a lot of them, especially not on a day-to-day, minute-to-minute basis, but there are certain milestones along the way that you will recall. I think of that as the same way when I'm training a horse, is that we're, we're going through this process and we're making gradual ground toward where we want to go. Some things that will happen on some days will be memorable, and they'll be like little milestones. And then there's others that won't be so memorable. Like what happened yesterday? Oh, cheek, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I rode I rode your horse yesterday, but heck, it was pretty uneventful. I don't know what we really got done. But it was a good day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You see, but then there's another day where you think, "Oh my goodness, this horse did something really, really well," and we and we record that in our memory, so to speak. And then you look up 100 days later and you're thinking, "Man, that horse is really calm a long way the day you acknowledge that that's a milestone and i think we have to like you said i think we have to be happy with those steps and those milestones and we can't measure and compare every day to those milestone moments because it's just not fair to ourselves and it's certainly not fair to our horses in this case
1: yeah i mean i think that's true i can, i can absolutely see how that would be true in the training of a horse or the training of a rider for that matter, just as it is in life, you don't always see the dramatic difference from one day to the next, but you have to sort of trust the process, trust that, you know, if you've educated yourself and you know the, you know, you talked about not having a checklist that you go through with horses, but you've spent your life gathering tools yeah. Lots of different ways of doing things. So you have a massive tool chest when it comes to horse training, where I've got like, you know, a hammer and a screwdriver when it comes to working with a horse. I, I don't have as many tools, but over the course of a lifetime or a career, you you learn those tools, you learn those techniques, you know, you learn when to pull out the hammer and when to pull out the, the wrench, so to speak. And trust that process that even on a, if on a given day you don't see some dramatic breakthrough, you know that just methodically going through the process will get you where you want to go.
0: And that's exactly where that dot, dot, dot comes in. Yeah. Because learning how and when to use those things that you just mentioned, that is the work like heck part of that process. You know, that that everything comes to he who waits, but while you're waiting, work like heck to, you know, so that after a while you'll learn when, and I wish there were shortcuts there, but there's really not, you know, either way. And I don't care (laughs) whether, you know, what it is you're doing in life, whether it be the horsemanship aspect or the humanship aspect, but either way, you've got to put in that time and that experience. And when you do, you know, the, you'll, you'll see the rewards, you'll see those little measurements, you'll see those improvements that we're talking about.
1: Well, I love it. That's uh, great advice. There's so much we could talk about on that. I mean, I you're you know you're we're talking about working with horses and and improving as riders, but I'm I'm as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking of all the ways that applies just in life in general.
0: Absolutely, yeah, me too. I, isn't that the funny thing? Is that you know I I think about that all the time. Every time I'm trying to use an analogy with someone about a horse, I can't help but for my wheels to crank around in the back of my mind about how that affects us every day is that, for example, at our at our clinic recently, it was a horsemanship clinic, but I kept telling myself and kept telling the folks there, take the things that we've been talking about here and that we're practicing here, and let's take those with us day to day and utilize those things there. And the practice there will help us with our horsemanship. The practice with our horsemanship is going to help us there as well. And it's just amazing how, to me, it parallels. It really does. It's And it's really all about discipline and processes, you know? Yep.
1: So lots of things to think about. Lots of things to... Uh sort of take home and apply to life and i'm guessing that uh, maybe people listening have this is maybe spark some questions for them about the process or about or or maybe maybe not questions maybe just an observation or a thought about how what what you've had to say uh, maybe applies in their lives and i would encourage listeners to uh, reach out and share those thoughts with van let him know What you think about what we've talked about today, you can do that in a lot of different ways. Visit the Van Hargis Horsemanship Facebook page if you're on Facebook and post a comment or a question there about this episode. If you want to share those thoughts with Van privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions about the show to info at vanhargis.com. I would like to put a plea out to to the listeners to help spread the word about Ride Every Stride. If you enjoy this podcast, if you're getting some benefit from it, help us spread the word, tell your friends about it. That's probably the best thing you can do if you want to help support Van Hargis Horsemanship and specifically Ride Every Stride. Lots and lots of people don't even know what a podcast is, much less that Ride Every Stride exists. So Become an evangelist, so to speak. (laughs) Tell, tell your friends about Ride Every Stride. Show them how to subscribe. Take their phone away from them and, and, you know, show them where the podcast app is and, and how they can subscribe and become part of this conversation. And, you know, if you haven't already done so, consider going into iTunes, finding Right Every Stride there and leaving a review that helps uh, other people with they're looking for something to listen to. They might see your review saying what you think about this show and think, all right, this is something worth listening to. So that's always helpful because I know Van would like to reach as many people as possible with the, the things that we're talking about on this show. Um, that is
0: the truth. I do. I like, uh, I love to reach people and and I love when we go to these expos, and I ask how many people are listening to Ride Every Stride. It, it's exciting when I see people raise their hands. Yeah. But I got to tell you, it's very humbling when you're expecting to see twenty and there's only five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that just means that there's that there's you know there are more people to reach, more people to educate. I wonder how many people in the the horsey community actually listen to podcasts. You know, it's a great thing to do. The nice thing about podcasts is you can take them with you. So if you're traveling to a horse show, you can listen to it in the car. If you're out cleaning the barn, plug your earbuds in and listen to it on your phone while you're, you know, while you're working Uh, and you can take van with you. And if that's not enough for you, if you'd like to see him in person, which I think is the best way to learn. The podcasts are great and a a good way to kind of put bits of information out there, but there's nothing that can replace working with or seeing a good horseman in person, either working with them directly or watching them do a demonstration with an actual live horse. And Van, you're, I said this before, I'm looking at your schedule for the coming months and I'm, it's wearing me out just reading it. So you're, you're going kind of all over the place up, up into the New York area, up to Washington state, into British Columbia, Canada all over the place. And rather than try to read all the dates, I will encourage listeners to visit the website at vanhargus.com and look for the calendar there because that's where you can see where Van is coming and see if he's coming to your area, and you can learn how to sign up, whether it's to attend an expo, be part of a clinic, uh, all the various things that, that you're doing. But it's a great way to learn even more to see you in person. And I, I don't mind telling people, every time I've seen you in person doing your thing, it's it's amazing to me how, how much how well you do it. You're not just great with the horses, but you're just so good at communicating to those audiences what you're doing, why, and how, you know, the things that they need to learn.
0: Thank you, Laura, because I mean, that's, that's my element. I absolutely love the clinics and I, I love the expos. The bigger the crowd, the better I like it. It's fun because it gives me an opportunity to just to kind of let my hair down and crack up and have fun with people and learn. It is challenging also because some folks don't know, but a lot of times when we go to especially the expositions and we're traveling a long way away, I'm never demonstrating on my own horse. I will, a matter of fact, we did a ranch horse versatility demonstration up in Alberta, Canada recently at the main event. And I had all of five minutes to introduce myself, get on, and go ride a horse in, an, in that arena. So to me, it's fun, it's challenging, but I also think that it also establishes my credibility a little bit. It's easy when I'm going out and doing these things on a horse that I ride every day. But I think it it reinforces the people that if you just apply good, fundamental, basic horsemanship, then you're going to be able to survive not only on your horse, but you're going to be able to get a job done on any horse
1: yeah.
0: uh, if you just apply those good, basic skills. So I encourage people to come and watch us and have fun because we do like to crack up and have fun and tell silly jokes at my expense, usually. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and And, if you're looking at the calendar and you're thinking, "Well, dang, he's not coming to where I live. There's not somewhere near me, send an email to info at vanhargus and ask them what the process is to maybe for you to host a clinic in your area. It's much easier than you think, and they do a lot of the work for you, so you know you're you're willing to go just about anywhere where people will gather in a reasonably safe facility to learn how to be better riders. And so if his schedule doesn't bring him to your neighborhood, you can bring him to your neighborhood. And uh, again, email info at vanhargus.com to find out how to do that. Um, last reminder about the top hand club. We've talked about that in past episodes, so I won't belabor it, but y'all keep in mind that they're, uh, they've almost reached the uh, threshold, the capacity for the charter members at the low, low price of $4.95 a month. And after that, it goes up to $9.95 a month. So if you've been waiting and thinking about whether you want to join or you think you want to join, you just haven't gotten around to doing it, don't wait. Go to vanhargus.com, f- click on the top hand club button and sign up today before the cheap seats are gone.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: exactly. it'll still be there and it's still a bargain even at the higher price. But heck, w- uh, be a cheapskate like me and, and the, to, <laughs> do it at the lower rate. And among other things one of the benefits you get from being a top hand club, club member is some discounts on some of the events some some of the clinics yeah. and things like that
0: right Absolutely yep I mean if you one thing if you buy one thing off our website it generally pays for the membership so we're excited yeah. about that to people But Laura you know I really appreciate you know everything that you do you you do a wonderful job both co-hosting as well as reading reading the the, the announcements and things like that as well literally couldn't do it without you so I very much appreciate that I also want to tell the listeners that I couldn't be doing it and wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for you guys. And I'm very appreciative of that. I pray that you all keep listening. And at the same time, I hope you tell your friends and, and like Laura said, show them how to use the podcast. I do it all the time. I'm mean, listening to other guys. I, I, I'm not a woman, but I even listen to the productive woman. I just, <laughs> I, li- I like some of the stuff that you say. I think it helps me with my everyday life, but it also helps me sometimes think about how I can use what you're communicating to me there in my horsemanship stuff and believe me it is applicable to people who want to find a way to use that information so i highly recommend that and with that said again a heartfelt thanks to everybody and to remind everybody that it's your ride it's your trail it's your journey so ride every stride